0: Hello, Brapintonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure is the man who keeps it tidy in the bathroom, Mr. Shaheen Ovandy!
1: I was born in East LA. I used to love that movie. Oh, Coda like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Coda was born and he's still... Like... I
0: didn't get that reference, but Coda did. That's an like old uh, Cheech and Chong movie, man. I never really got into Cheech and Chong. What? So just funny. not... I'm not a stoner culture guy. I'm just not Beavis and Butthead. Hated it. Really? Hate all of them. I can't watch it. Prison uh, <laughs> Walkers. Cheech and and Chong. Bring her to me. <laughs> Maybe get me with like a National Lampoon. Okay. Kind of thing, but all I right. don't know. I don't know. Oh, car. So, I broke the pop filter while we were setting up. Yeah, how'd you do that? I just, my, my muscle, my muscly arms. Your muscular yeah. hands, really. I just, my Titan's grip. <laughs> you, can make, you can make diamonds out
1: of any piece of coal if you give it to this guy.
0: <laughs> uh, so, I grabbed my other one and man, it's so big, I can't even see the computer screen. Yeah,
1: huh? that's weird. I don't even see your face. Like, usually I can see through your yeah. pop screen. And
0: No, this is, this, is, this is shenanigans. That is shenanigans. We're going to have to fix this. are you going to read
1: your own? Notes.
0: I don't know. I can't even see my hand.
1: You need one of those glasses that has mirrors in it, where you can look at it from a different angle.
0: Oh, uh, like in rock climbing, like yeah, the repeller glasses, right? Yeah, or Blair Blair there glasses. That's there, are, there are
1: there are solutions to your dilemmas.
0: Or I can just pop my head around. You know what? It, the screen's so bright when I pop my head around.
1: Yeah, because used to the you're used to the opaque pop filter in front of you. I yeah. can't see anything. I don't even know what you, if you're smiling or if you're grimacing at me. Night time. Night time. Night time. Night time. I love that video. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you think you want to
0: play nighttime daytime with me? <laughs> <laughs> you can spend the next game of daytime. <laughs> uh, time day Anything else going on with you in two wheel two land? Uh, we got
1: track day coming up in a couple of weeks up at the ridge oh is that coming up that's yeah, on the 16th it's on a monday
0: i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do
1: that what the hell man am i supposed to be like that's my podcast mate and then you're not there i'm just pointing
0: at fucking air So i got surgery on the sixth so this is like this a isn't problem. our last show before the surgery but yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll cord right before i have surgery right which if that goes poorly that's the last podcast <laughs> so you know saddest podcast take that ever in, possibly penultimate podcast right here right this now. This is the
1: collector's edition. This one right here, number 71. Yeah. It's an odd number, yeah. which is like us. A, is that a prime number? I appreciate that you named the last one the thing that I, you called me on the <laughs> phone and I don't even know what you said to me. I just had chocolate on the mic so I just
0: kept screaming sexual chocolate at you. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, well, do you want chocolate? No. No, I don't. <laughs> I just want sexual chocolate. Just, I was about to go to the store, and I was like, "Do you want some chocolate?"
1: (laughs) I appreciate that that was your question. I appreciate it. I got
0: got home, and I immediately regretted not getting getting chocolate because I was like, "I want some chocolate." Right now, it's in your head. I was just saying before we started, like we got to stop recording. You know, when when we're hungry, we got to eat food before we do these uh, things.
1: But the thing is, we're like the Hulk. Our secret is that we're always hungry. Yeah, I, I've had a lot of food today and like right now all I can think about is a birria taco. I don't even know why. I have not. Because you said Mexican. Yeah. And then as soon as you said that, my brain went there and it's like, well, fuck, that's all I want now. Like, I want that, some horchata, some tasty guacamole and chips. Just fuck me up, man.
2: In there, Let's God. talk about
1: food today. Let's. You know what? Let's not even talk about motorcycles. I want to talk about food.
0: I got I got Koda Kitty in my lap now. Yeah, even she wants tacos. She's like, tell me more, motherfucker. I can almost read... My notes with my left eye and I can She's, almost see Coda Kitty with my right eye.
1: The thing with Coda is that she garners attention. She actually demands it. She's mm-hmm. there like, listen, you either pet me or I get these claws out. Oh,
0: that was right in the mic. <laughs> that was a good one. It was very cute. Yep. Boik.
1: Oh jeez. Oh, oh, Coda, you can't that didn't type. work out the way we wanted it to. I'm telling you, you didn't you skipped typing class and you can't be typing things, man. So, anyways, you got a track day coming up in a little over two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, tomorrow, I'm actually kind of excited about this. The uh, Women Riders Organization is putting together the Centennial Ride. They're going to take off from Portland on Sunday. So, two days from now, today, Thursday, oh, it's Thursday, today. It's my, Thursday. My, my week's all fucked up. Two days from now, they're going to be at the shop. We're going to be hosting them. I'm going to be feeding them. I'm going to carb load these women so that they can ride all the way from Portland to D.C., basically.
0: That's a long ride. I know. No, like, thank you.
1: I think there's going to be like 30 of them.
0: No, thank you. Uh,
1: you know, it's not your thing, but I'm kind of jealous. Like, hey, if I show up on my teal bike, is that good enough? Trader? I don't Traitor even have a She literally jumped you.
0: off my lap onto the couch it's these short and shorts. is now like thinking like, hey, you look, you look cuddly.
1: These short shorts, Coda. I don't blame you. Thing is, I'm very allergic to you and here you are on my face. I, I feel like you know I'm allergic to you and you're like, I don't care. She's like, no, 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 it's all
0: good. Dad trimmed my butt hair, yeah, so that might, super right. clean. Oh, this is cool. All right, I'll, I'm into this.
1: I feel like Dr. Evil right now with Koda next to me. Yeah. Mr. Bigglesworth.
2: I know,
0: that's what <laughs> I said. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny how social she is. Um, yeah, I'm not... Uh, DC, that's... I've done that drive in a car and I don't want to do it.
1: It's boring in a car. You got to go the fun way in a motorcycle.
0: I don't know if that's more fun in my world or not.
1: I mean, the only thing is... If you're going to cross the country, you still at some point have to come, come to terms with the middle of it. There really isn't much there. I mean, I guess you can go to like South Dakota and hit the Black Hills, but that's only like the one corner of the state. The rest of it is still just wide open, fuck off prairie, lane, prairie lanes. Yeah, I don't know. That, that part, I just feel like on my bike, I would just be like, well, putting the cruise control at 110 and going to get past this as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah. I, um, I want to talk about this later in the show, but I'll tease it now. Uh, I've got the BMW R18B and R18 Transcontinental launch coming up in a couple weeks. Oh, fun. And they do a thing. It's in Denver. And they do a thing like, would you like to ride the bike back? Fuck yeah. I'm, I'm coming with you. And I was like, "I'm like, no. Oh, damn it, Johnson, I'm not riding home answer. from Denver, you uh, lunatics. Are you? I know uh, our boy, Obi is going to. Because he's, he's a lunatic. Yeah, he's,
1: he's a smart person. He, mm-hmm. He's an he's a exceptional mm-hmm. adventurist. I just. What if we rode together, just two up on, on the transcontinental? Because that looks like a comfortable cross country vehicle can, for a passenger. If I can
0: sit in the back and just fall asleep. That's fine. Maybe.
1: You're in charge of taking photos
0: and napping. Maybe. I just. How are always done from here? It's like 15 hours. Uh.
2: Yeah, far. yeah, it's something like that. It's, something I, like that. It's,
0: uh, it's funny.
1: For some reason, I have the mileage from here to Salt Lake City memorized. I don't know why. It's 786 miles from here to Salt Lake City. Was it only that far to Salt Lake? Yeah. Uh, it,
0: it might be less than... I wrote to
1: Denver nonstop, fast, boring way, and it was, it, was, uh, it was at least a 12-hour ride.
0: Now I gotta look it up. <clears it's <clears way gotta, more than that. Now I gotta know. This is stupid. This is a stupid thing I'm doing, but I gotta know. Walk. Yeah, I'm going to walk there, Google. <laughs> 18 hour drive.
2: Oof. Ugh. Oof. Ugh.
0: And that's it. It would thing. be a pretty drive, though. You go through Wyoming. It looks beautiful, but it's still highway, right? It's all like, like I want to take a
1: week to get for, from Denver to here. Take my time, go around and look at some things and point at them and go, oh, look at that. It's pretty. And then keep going.
0: You know what it is? Like my job doesn't allow me to take time off like that.
1: You need to talk to your boss. Your boss is a dick. My boss is a dick. Listen, it's about quality of life, Jensen. How are you going to give Coda a better life if you just lock yourself in here all the time?
0: I can't be gone from Coda that long.
1: Uh, I bet bratty little sister will happily beat her.
0: I'm a little worried that they're getting too close. (laughs) They're they're conspiring together. They would. They would (laughs) conspire against me. Um, 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 Um... What did you notice was still here when you came in my garage, sir? Uh, A certain
1: long legged red, white, and blue bike with gold wheels. Yeah. The Africa Twin.
0: The Africa Twin remains. Yeah. Why is she still here? Uh, Well, you know. Did they forget? Kind of a big deal. Uh Kind of threw some weight around and was like, listen, Honda. Like, but guys, I haven't ridden it off-road yet. This is mine now. (laughs) Uh, Don't know if you know who I am, but I run a pretty uh, successful weekly podcast. And he was like, it's not, it doesn't come out every week. It's barely
1: weekly, guys. Listen,
0: it comes out (laughs) on weeks.
1: Yeah, it comes on weeks. Well, that sounds sexual.
0: (laughs) It arrives on weeks, damn it. (laughs) Uh, No, it just, uh, it worked out with their schedule that like they, they couldn't, do the thing, and they're nice. like, "Would you like holding on to it longer?" And I'm like, "Yeah, of course I would." Of course and I would. Then they're like, "By the way, the DCT only adds eight hundred dollars. You're an idiot." And I was like, "Yeah, you're absolutely right." I looked it up after our last podcast. I was wrong, so we yeah. found we found an equitable solution. That's there. cool.
1: They're like, "Here, write it longer, so you learn more about it." You dingling.
0: Yeah, I admit my mistakes publicly on the podcast, and I get to keep it for uh, an indefinite amount of time. Ugh, I'm so excited! All right, so let's slap the knobbies on it. Yeah, we got to do that. We got to do that. Yeah. Hell yes.
1: I'm super excited about this. I am too. We're going to have a strata and Africa Twin Day. Things, things worked out. Things could not be more different In from fact, each other if they tried. I was
0: specifically told to return it with the knobbies on and dirty. They want, they want us to go do the dirty things.
1: Let's go. Why don't we go do the... That sounds weird
0: too, lore. actually. Yeah, Jesus.
1: This, um, this podcast is... this is, the
0: sexual chocolate this, episode? This, yeah, we got... I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> this we, whole pop we filter should, thing. We should go <laughs> grab a burger at
1: Packwood riding dirt from Stevenson to Packwood. That's the lore... Part of the, that's the first stage of the Washington BDR.
0: Don't know where that is, but okay.
1: It's super fun. It's, it's not hard. It's actually really, really easy.
0: How many days is this going to take me?
1: Uh, four hours, five hours. All right, I'm in.
0: That's the perfect amount of time. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, I'm super stoked. Keeping the bike. Gonna go do some dirty things with it. Let's do it, man. Let's go uh, grab some burgers. But also, man, I didn't have to wash it yesterday, so that was cool too.
1: I did notice it was dirty.
0: <laughs> 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 but it's not
1: like dirt dirty. It's just been rained on dirty. <laughs>
0: It also means that I have a giant shipment of black dildos that I'm going to have to hold on to for just a little bit longer. Uh, Well, the bike came to me with Mountain Dew and the pannier, so I felt like it was only fair that I return it with an equally as good present.
1: I think is fair, but you should probably send them like their company colors. That seems racist. Red dildos. What? No. That seems racist. (laughs) Why is
0: that racist? Just because it's Portland and we don't know what's (laughs) going on anymore.
1: Just the, throw that phrase out there and make people go, what? No, I said I want a hamburger. <laughs>
0: Someone legitimately <laughs> looked me in the eye the other day and said, we shouldn't have medals at the Olympics. And I was like, I'm done with Portland. I'm but, done here. What, do you just get participation medals? Uh, the women's
1: rugby team showed up. Great job. Gold medals. That's not it how it works.
0: works. Everyone gets a high five.
1: So, is the, so the Honda remains. Honda remains. The adventure remains, carries on. The adventure carries on. Wait, is, is this? Sorry, I'm going back to this BMW thing. But get we to can ride both. We can get all yeah. Are,
0: are you gonna are you gonna get to ride both of them? At the, the same bee? time. The B and the The B and the T. I feel like I need to be there for this. I don't know why you didn't get an invitation. I'm actually surprised they didn't have us bring someone for like a two up.
2: Me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: With four hundred plus pounds of uh well, I'm just thinking like wheat. Yeah. Uh you and I would be over the gross vehicle weight. <laughs> I did the math on that. You get about, the bike like that weighs like
1: 800 pounds, can't handle 450 pounds. Of, well, I'm assuming. Because
0: that's exactly how much human capacity it has. <laughs> and by the time you factor in luggage and everything. Yeah. I, I was like, it literally is 450 pounds of human. Or 450 pounds of, of Just stuff. Period. I was like, well, okay, if you're all loaded up, maybe that's 50 pounds of, of gear that's in the saddlebags in the top box. So it leaves you kind of like 200 pounds Oof. per person with Oof. gear on. Woof. Which with a man and a woman kind of makes sense. For a man and a man, for gentlemen of leisure for, for, like for, ourselves, to two uh, <laughs> taco and burger and pizza-eating mofo's, this is actually exactly what I want to talk to you about today. You didn't realize it, but this is exactly yeah? what, it, like, the larger theme that I wanted to talk about today. Is this is
1: this BMW's way of making sure that the the cruiser mart- segment v- gets in shape?
0: Yeah, maybe it, like comes <laughs> with like a fitness plan, <laughs> right? But it's something. It's something interesting to see, because so both of these bikes, the, the bagger, as I call it, that right B stands for bagger. B for bagger. B for bagger. I'm with you on that. Not badger,
1: bagger. Bagger, 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 bagger. <laughs> beamer, <laughs> beamer. <laughs>
0: uh, <gentlemen, laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh, Germans. Germans. Um, It's interesting to see a European company do something very American. Super-duper American. These bikes, so, if, so for those who don't know, we're, we're, we're totally out of shape, like, order-wise here on the topics, but <laughs> the BMW R18B and the BMW R18 Transcontinental just came out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are based off the, B, the R18 uh, cruiser platform. Uh, they have different frames with that same boat anchor motor. The motor weighs 244 pounds, by the way, Shane. Yeehaw. Uh, 90 horsepower, 116 pound feet of torque. this thing takes like 0.45 horses per pound. Yeah. Yeesh. It's 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 a beastly. Um, but these are the bagger and dresser versions of this bike. These bikes were made for the American market. You just know how big the engine is when they have that super wide screen on there
1: and the first thing you see is the size of the engine on that thing. It's like <laughs> it takes up the entire what looks like a 15-inch wide screen.
0: Gunther, <laughs> we need the screen to be wider so we can get uh, the, the g- engine on it.
1: <laughs> we only need a, a 7 by 3 No, <laughs> it needs to be much bigger. <laughs> it's
0: 10 and a quarter inches wa- uh, on the diagonal.
1: Wow, yeah, that's mighty. That's impressive.
0: I actually like the dash. We'll, we'll get to that. This but, is
1: definitely right up your alley for dashes. That is a handsome dash.
0: Uh, I like the it's got the TFT dash for all your uh, like high tech shit. Mm-hmm. And it's got four analog roundels for your basic motorcycle stuff. Your your fuel tank. Ooh, excuse me. Your fuel tank, your happened. gas. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Edit it out. Uh, <laughs> your fuel tank, your gas, their, your battery charger uh, or I should say your alternator. Um. But the, these bikes are BMW going after Harley. Oh, yeah. This is straight up uh, BMW Street Glide. These, these are going after uh, the American market primarily. Mm-hmm. I, I, they'll sell them in Europe. They'll sell you know some units. They'll get some, pl- some play there. But this is an Americana thing. Oh, yeah. And it's really interesting to me to see that from BMW. And we talked about this, I think, when the Cruiser came out, or the, the R18. These are more, more down that Harley angle. And it reminds me of uh, a press launch I did with MV Agusta about six years ago, five years ago. And it was kind of like trying to restart their American presence again. I think we're on like version four now. Uh, Yeah. This is like version two (laughs) or three. Um, And it was right when the uh, Turismo Veloce 800 came out. And they were saying like, you know, why, why the Turismo Veloce? And they're like, well, you know, we look, this is a bike we built for the American market because we looked at the data and in the American market 40% of all motorcycles sold are touring bikes. Okay.
1: Like they mean like full on bagger. Ah, ah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, oh, I had to I had to translate. I have ESL. I get it when people say things that are off kilter.
0: So they read that and they said, Oh, Turing. That must be like Turing, how we do here. Right. In the Alps, which is basically with like adventure bikes right. and and sport tours and basically sport bikes with with bags on them, which is exactly what the Treason Veloce is. Not understanding that in America, Turing <laughs> means something very, very different. So I I always like remember that lesson of like, you know, how disconnected uh, the European brands can be from America and also how different markets can just do this two wheeled thing so differently. Oh yeah. So that's why it's really interesting to me to see these two bikes, which I feel like are more of an American, they're, they're American touring. Let's call that, you know, whatever that is, um, for lack of a better phrase. But I'm kind of curious to see how they're going to stack up against the Harley Davidson baggers and, and dressers, and to a lesser extent, the Indians.
1: The Indian, yeah. I mean, style-wise, the B is on the money. I'm, I'm looking at the photo. Interesting. I mean, that's a street glide. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Take it in. Yeah. That's a brand new street glide. Exact same angle because you were so nice to put all these photos up there, that's the Beamer. Mm-hmm. They are like mm-hmm. uncanny. They did a great job of being like, okay, if that's popular, if that's, if that's Harley's bread and butter in that sort of uh, middle of the ground bagger, they've, they've, they have just knocked it out as far as styling is concerned. And so, I'm wondering if I was to ride this side by side, direct compare between this and the street glide, how would that feel for me?
2: Hmm.
1: I'm really curious.
0: I am too because... What's price on these? Do we know? Uh, I mean, price is like classic BMW. Really hard to say. Uh, oh, yeah, starting price 11. for the R18B $21,500 okay. for the Transcontinental uh, it's twenty five grand. But there's so many add-ons and options like I feel like both these bikes could easily be $30,000. Probably. Um, without... I haven't sat down spec'd them out on the BMW site yet because uh, the one well there's two reasons there. One the press release sent out to the press was 27 pages long. Woo. Ain't nobody got time for that Don't BMW. they know the kind
1: of time constraints you're under?
0: It's, very, it's so very Hans make sure you include every single detail on how the valve train was built <laughs> and what the materials <laughs> and metals we shall use. Oh my gosh. There's like details in that, that I'm just like really? Oh, that's fascinating. I didn't know you uh, put a little baby badgers inside the motor. That's, that's probably why it, it shakes so much when yeah. you turn it on. That's a, the, the, the old shake a shake a version. Um, but yeah, no, I, I could see this, these getting pretty pricey pretty quick but Harleys are pretty pricey pretty quick too. So. Yeah, I mean a street glide starts at around
1: that same price range. A non-S street glide I think costs around $20,000-$21,000. 20000 dollars 21000 dollars and then the S model with a bigger touchscreen and all that stuff, you, you start to go up in price and then once you get into the CVOs, which I really think BMW should carry on with the CVO thing and you know
0: have their M-badged version of this thing. If you made an M version of this bike, <laughs> I would eviscerate you on my website. I wouldn't
1: be BMW. surprised. I mean, BMW's a- M-division went from making cool, high-revving yeah. uh,
0: little cars to yeah. making like SUVs now. SUVs. Well...
1: What sells, be, Jensen? What be, sells?
0: To be fair... To be fair... I kind of get it because BMW's SUVs are still kind of on the sporty side for an SUV. At least the original one. Like when the X5 came out... Right. And it still is. I drove one. It's X, bonkers fast. The X6 is definitely a sporty... It's like more of a sporty... It's like a sport coupe. Cross tour. With an
1: with a angry V8 in it.
0: It's a thing. Um... So yeah, I kind of get it.
1: I'm just saying, BMW, if you're listening, humor the idea of an M division of this thing to go after the CVO market. Just show up with your 140 horsepower R18B. (laughs) It would be amazing. I'd be so happy. With like 200 pound-feet of torque.
0: Dude, a Road Glide Limited 28 grand. Yeah.
1: Well, that's a Road Glide, what's a Street Glide? Which is more like this one where the fairing sits on I was the, just
0: looking at the transcontinental.
1: Uh, so, so the transcontinental to me is more like a, um, a
2: I've lost my Harley names. Tree Glide's 22 grand starting. Starting, so this is cheaper. Ultra Glide, I think that's what it is. Ultra Limited?
1: Ultra, ultra Limited is basically the transcontinental. That's
2: eight seven.
1: Which is interesting to me. Looking at the transcontinental, it looks more Indian-esque in its design. It does.
2: It's more rounded, sort of low, long. I mean, if this is your bag, no pun intended. Nice bike.
0: It's interesting. It's, it's an interesting play from, from BMW. Uh, I'll be very curious to see uh, what these bikes are like to ride. Um... The Transcontinental is 941 pounds, so it's almost Yee, half a oh. ton. Bagger's 877, but I don't think anyone's really caring. No, not really. None well, of that segments. They've got a different frame uh, and they've got a much larger fuel tank. So I think there could be some potential there for my fueling issues with the R18 mm-hmm. to, to be solved.
1: I am, I am super happy to see that there are those differences like frame and tank and everything because I kept worrying that they were going to take the R18 slash two and then just slap you know, fairing and some bags on there. And this doesn't look like that at all. This actually looks like its own motorcycle.
0: They're the same. I realize this. They have the same size disc on the rear wheel as they do at the front. They're all (laughs) 300 millimeters. Wow. A lot of braking. And yet still feels wooden when you pull the lever. (laughs) 300 millimeter. I mean, like, like my Street Fighter is a 330 and it weighs half the weight. Uh Uh-huh. You're like, really? Dual 300s? But, I mean, you're, how fast are you go? Your Street Fighter makes 150 horses. This thing makes 90 on a good day. Yeah, but it weighs twice as much. Like, the physics there. Yeah, I the, know, the, the physics involved. This thing can't do 150 miles an hour. This thing. Wait, both these bikes it? are, uh, I don't know about mine downstairs that I don't actually have. Because BMW has definitely forgotten about that.
1: But no R18s.
0: Uh, there's no R- R18s here at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, these bikes I saw in the press release, I did read most of those 27 pages. Thanks, guys. Was really, <laughs> I really enjoyed staying up until like 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, top speed is like 110. It's limited to 110. Yeah. Because it can't brake fast enough after that. Actually, I don't know if that's the case with the BMW, but Probably. I know on other model bikes with uh, fixed bags... It's the panniers in the top box. The aerodynamics of yeah. it is why they limit the, right. the speed. And I think it's the same thing with the Goldwing. That's kind uh, of a funny uh, It's thing. the same thing with
1: the Strata. It's not, it's not really as limited, but boy, you start crossing the 130-140 mile per hour range, you're like, eh, alright, I'm starting the front, well, front end's wavering a bit. shimmer, 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 shimmy, shimmy,
0: So That's not just your Tractionator tires? <laughs>
1: uh, I don't dare go over 110 with my Tractionators.
2: It is terrifying. That is not their strength. Yeah. Yeah that's fair. <laughs> Thinking about this idea of like
0: European brands doing the American thing. I, I, I come back to what we talked about last show. Okay. With Triumph making dirt bikes. Maybe. Maybe. Well I mean like it, <laughs> I mean they are we just, don't, we just don't know what it is. It's gonna be cake. They're gonna buy cake and just have cake bikes and they're gonna call it Triumph. I actually kinda like the cake bikes. I do too. They're so overpriced but I kinda like it. Wait or it's $15,000 mountain bike. Yeah basically. Moped but yeah. But Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. But it has Olin's on it, bro. I, I will say, I had a lot of fun riding that in downtown Stockholm. I bet you did. Right until the uh, Swedish police officer here uh, gave me a little whistle whistle. Oh. I was jumping sidewalks. And You're supposed to. That's the job. That's the bike's job. I was being an idiot.
1: Anyway, so, so, uh, this whole European brand's doing American things. Mm hmm. What are your thoughts with Triumph doing the dirt thing? Do you think that's what that is?
0: I think, I think. I think someone during the pandemic saw how strong dirt bike sales were in the US and, and maybe looked in their crystal ball into the future of US motorcycling and said, hey, the bikes that we build aren't really what the American market's going to be riding five, 10 years from now. Okay. Uh, the, the Heritage, Bonneville, Thruxton thing is, we've already seen that phasing out. The hipsters yep. are moving on. Yep. Sport bike thing is, is con- just cont- continuing to fizzle and, and do different things that aren't uh, Street Triple, Speed Triple, and Daytonas. Right. Uh, the Adventure bike thing, yeah, that's pretty strong, but they've got to rethink their offering there. The, the Tiger 1200 isn't really taken seriously in that space. There's a, the Tiger 900 is a really good bike, but there's a lot of better bikes out there, and I don't think Triumph has really carved out a niche for themselves there. Other than like, hey, did you want something kind of weird that had three cylinders? Do you think they're gonna use that lighter, smaller Trident type thing? <sighs> maybe I don't think so, but maybe I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Like, like, that's the thing. Like, you look at the Tiger Nine Hundred, and there's like a bajillion different variations of it, but none oh, of them idea. really shine in their category. I wouldn't fault anyone for buying. Be like, yeah, Tiger Nine Hundred. That's a pretty, it's a pretty good bike. You're gonna enjoy that bike, right? But I would rather have X, Y, Z. Uh, and then even more so with the Tiger 1200. I like the Tiger 1200. I do too. But I would pick so many other bikes before I got one of those.
1: What if they come out with a new one soon? Because I keep thinking they're gonna. It's like it's it's that time to me. I'm starting I think to so feel. Too. I don't even know that they're gonna. I just assume it because that that bike's done. That is, yeah. It's I, it's come to. If you look at this historic timeline of
0: when they're supposed to redesign it, it's time now. It is. It is time. It needs to be updated. They need they need to find a clearer path because they've been in a me too for a little too long. Right. And now it's like okay, like this is a really competitive space. You need to get your elbows out a little bit. Right. Uh, this little like us, hey guys, remember us isn't gonna work. I think Triumph's biggest fear on that is
1: they've always sort of been like that other European brand that people don't talk about. And so you know when they offer a premium, expensive, twelve hundred cc sort of like ultra adventure tour. It's hard for people to, or maybe at least Triumph things, it's hard for people to grasp the idea of a twenty two, dollars $23,000 Triumph adventure tour. And that's the 1200. If you spec'd it out, it was about 23 grand. Like if you did the spoked wheels and the off-roady thing, I kind of built one when they came out, when they last redesigned it, what was it, like 2016 or something. And uh, it was not that much cheaper than a BMW
2: or a Multistrada. Starts at nineteen three. Oh. Uh. Models. Oh, the desert edition is
0: mm-hmm. twenty grand right there and we haven't even gone anywhere.
1: Right. You it. haven't built it yet. That's just the
0: bike. But plenty of bikes in this space that go for twenty, twenty three grand and so just fine. Right. It's one of those things like it's not a superlative machine. No. to, to come back to a phrase we kinda we kinda coined last time. Look at a, a multistrada, look at a KTM, look at a BMW. They do things superlatively in their category they, that make you take notice of them. Triumph yeah. is kind of like an all-rounder. It's like, yeah, it's going to get, a. it's B's get degrees. Like it's getting like well, B's I mean, and C's pretty much everywhere.
1: Their strength became the 800, which then became the 900. Right, right. But it was, to me anyways, it seemed like the buyers that are looking in that, they're, they're the buyer that wants a special bike that doesn't cost that much money. Well, it does, but it's not like super duper expensive. It's not in the BMW Ducati lane but it still has a lot to offer and so I mean shit man, if you, if you build a 900 proper off-road do everything 21 inch front wheel off uh, 900 it's not that much cheaper than an F850 or a KTM 890R Adventure or a Multistrada 950 if, if we're going to put that bike in that same category which I really yeah um, but I don't see any reason why Triumph couldn't make a 1200 you know, sort of luxury up-spec brand and say, yeah, this is a $22,000 bike. It has all the things you could ever ask for, plus some. It's still competitive. It makes the power. It needs to go on a diet. It's always been one of the bigger, heavier ones, I think. I think all their bikes do.
0: I mean, I'm looking at their 900s lineup. They have five bikes, and they range from fourteen seven to seventeen, a little over 17000 mm-hmm. That's a pretty good price spread right there. But at like the end of the day, I'm kind of like, yeah, but they're all... They're all tiger nine hundreds. They're all gonna weigh like five hundred something pounds. What what's a tiger nine hundred weigh? And 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 I understand. Like you're absolutely right. The um the twelve hundreds. It's it's beastly. It's like five hundred eighty pounds or something crazy. Well, right it time.
1: feels it. It feels heavy. It like kind of reminds me of a oh, super tenor eight, which feels top heavy.
0: Thing. Freaking hate it when Triumph only does their dry weights. <laughs> like what does that mean? I don't know. Does it have tires? Probably not. <laughs>
1: Definitely not air in the tires. We want to lose as much weight as possible.
0: Well, just with own, Triumph's own kind of shitty specs, the 900 was 427 dry. And the, what is this? It literally just says 242. No pounds, no this, kilos. Just number. That's 533 kilos. Dry. P- pounds. Oh, sorry. Pounds. Sorry. Yeah. That's a 1200? Pounds. That's a 1200. Yeah. Dry. That's a lot. The, that's, that's easily like a 600 pound bike
1: the bigger the previous generation multi 1260 without the bags uh ducati says is
0: 525 pounds wet wet
2: yeah that's the thing you want which play, is a bigger bike by you
0: want to play in this game your 1200 cc bike needs to be under 500 pounds
1: and it better make at least 150 horsepower because that's yeah. where the harley begins yeah and I guarantee that new BMW uh, uh, water boxer is going to yeah. come out the 1300. I bet you anything's going to be 150 horses.
0: Oh, easily. They're almost at 150 now with the, right. with the 1200. Right.
1: So that's the magic number. You got to hit that. You got to right. try and make it 530 or so pounds
0: wet. I think that wet BMW is going to be more like 180. I wouldn't be surprised. Because if it, if it really is 1300 cc, so it goes from a 1250 to 1300, right. full water cooling. I don't see them doing it like that. I think BMW's game's has always been more torque and like bottom
1: end than mid range. Yeah. You think they're going to do... You think they're going to hit a... I... Because I think currently they're like 125, 130 horsepower.
0: Yeah. Uh, Harley's quoted at like 150, 155. Right. So, uh, I think BMW at the very least feels the pressure from KTM and Ducati. Yeah. In that... We need to have something that's got a little bit more juice. And those maybe, are both 160,
1: 170 horsepower
0: motors. Yeah, the KTM so, and so maybe it's like 160, 170. Okay, so maybe not full 180. You know, I'll give you that. But I think it's, I think I want to say off the top of my head, the 1250. The R 1250 GS is like 145. Isn't horsepower. it funny? We're talking
1: about these adventure bikes that can go off roading. We're throwing out numbers like we used to about sport bikes. Sport bikes.
0: But that's the beauty of this space. <laughs> And that's the thing where like, and, and that's the reason I think why you and I would agree that the Tiger 1200 is a little underwhelming where it's like, well, because yeah. a lot of people, it's not really a bike you want to, the reason it doesn't do well sales wise is because it's not a very good bike off-road. And as an on-road bike, it's pretty good, but it doesn't have the wow factor that like a KTM 1290 S is or a Multistrada V4 right. or even.
1: Like I would buy a V-Strom 1050 before I even looked at a 1200 Tiger. Agree. I agree. I think far as performance and expectation of off road handling and everything, I think those two bikes are very close to each other. And that that Suzuki is a fucking bargain and a half.
0: It's a it's a great buy. If you're just Foot-on like hey, I just want like hundred what was it, like hundred and ten horsepower, hundred and twenty yeah. horsepower? Fire. Just I don't just even I wouldn't even look at that number on that bike. Beater bike that I'm gonna like go do the thing with. Right. Be pretty reliable. This is why I think Suzuki gets it right. Hundred and thirty six horsepower for the BMW, by the way. For the, 1250 the current
1: one, the 1250,
0: yeah. Yeah, 150, 160 horsepower.
1: I think I think we're on the money on that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's right in the space.
1: I, I think the next triumph should be 150, 160 horsepower, should weigh less than 530 pounds wet, and probably be priced twenty one to twenty three thousand dollars, depending on how you spec it out. I think then that'll be a motorcycle that people that are looking at that up spec European super adventure high horsepower motorcycle will go, cool. An actual contender.
0: I mean, I will say Triumph is quoted 140 horsepower, 141 for the 1200 right now. 90 pound feet of torque. Have you ridden that thing? Yeah. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it. Because it weighs like next, close to 600 pounds. Right. That's probably why, actually. Maybe. Heavy bike. Maybe something. So that was a long way of getting to... (laughs) (laughs) Um, and on this episode of rabbit hole yeah uh what was i saying someone in the pandemic looking at the future of motorcycling in the u.s being like hey yeah we got our adventure bike but we need to revamp that the these classic bikes that have been carrying the brand those are gonna trail off our sport bike again like kind of lost in the sport bike space right What, what are americans gonna ride and it's like dirt bike sale like Going forward, dirt bikes are, are, are going to be a huge part of the American motorcycle industry. I think at some point, we'll take over the volumes we see on the street side. Mm. Mostly because of regulation. Uh, on-road regulation, and this is, this is something we teased last show that we can kind of get into now. Um, on-road regulation is only going to get worse. Europe is basically going to ban new petrol cars starting in 2035 and there's Mm -hmm. a mandate to reduce emissions uh, of CO2 by 55% Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yeah 55% by 2030 and they're not alone in that and there's some countries in the EU that are are being even more stringent we're seeing kind of some similar movements in California Mm -hmm. and some other states that are following California's lead we're seeing some similar movements outside of Europe like there is a very much like a push to reduce carbon emissions for climate change. Yes. And we can have a whole conversation about that but whether your politics or your beliefs whatever they are on that topic the fact the reality is, is this is where the market is going. This mm-hmm. is where the industry is headed. And so the off-road segment uh, and I don't just mean that in a dirt bike sense but dirt bikes are really the majority of it that's going to be the last refuge for petrol heads because that'll be the last one to get regulated. We're going to, we're going to regulate your, your day-to-day driver before we regulate your race car or your dirt bike. But know that we're going to get to those eventually too. You know, it's funny you say that. I always, I always assumed that it would be the other way because
1: especially in states like California, this time of year, basically, you're really not allowed to go off-roading because everything's dry. Everything catches fire easily. You have to put you know, crazy spark arresters on everything. So I always assume that Triumph's next move ought to be, or anyone that wants to be in that segment, is become the next Alta. You're talking about doing electric, you're talking about doing dirt. Fucking put them together and be the next Alta. Beat everyone to the
0: punch. Triumph doesn't have that capability. I hate to say it to that. I hate to say that to them. But they don't have the resources, the the Cajones Mm -hmm. and the technical know how to do that to be the next Alta they should have acquired Alta
1: yeah because they
0: can't do it themselves you know what is it I mean I mean Harley Davidson to do this was like oh hey we need to set up a center in Silicon Valley so we can tap into all the Tesla and other people that are in that space working on electric vehicles if we want to do it ourselves right And that's the level of commitment that it takes to be in that space. Um, And we haven't really seen too many brands make that kind of commitment. You know, even I was just talking to someone about KTM and it's like, there's a reason KTM's electric products have been extremely underwhelming. And it's because they're kind of on this route where they're just using off the shelf parts. They haven't really committed to this electric thing. Right. And so, yeah, their electric bikes are like 50cc equivalents and maybe there'll be an 85cc equivalent soon, but they're basically just bikes built for kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They're bikes designed to be used in your backyard where an electric makes a ton of sense because then it doesn't keep the neighbors awake. Right. Um, I think you're right. Like eventually, yeah, like all these brands are going to have to invest in their electric bi- uh, drive trains because that's, let's call it 10 to 20 years down the line, kind of where we're going to be. Yeah. But in the interim, like, I mean, I, I literally think someone just saw, like, dirt bike sales during the pandemic skyrocketing and was like, that's a good idea. We should do Ooh, that. We should do something about this. Which is about where but they this is are. is like BMW making beggars. Yeah, which is, like, exactly where we are in, this, in, the, in, the, in the process with Triumph. Where it's like, oh, you guys don't really have any sort of clear plan whatsoever. You, you clearly just thought this up. This yeah, is clearly yeah. something that, like, the board just <laughs> was like, ah, make a dirt bike. Okay, cool. Tell everyone we're making a dirt bike. We have nothing figured out yet. Announce it to everybody. What if they ask questions? Uh, just tell them we're going to make dirt bikes. Yeah. But it, bring it full circle. Mm-hmm. BMW used to make a dirt bike. Yeah. My supermoto downstairs is based off of it. The G450X was a colossal failure yeah. for BMW. I remember. And Talking again, about being ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve or like behind it. It was way it. ahead of its time. If it was made uh, now. there's I, not, uh, <laughs> If BMW decided to make a dirt bike now, I think it would look very different and I think it would be a lot Better, probably. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, hopefully. I don't know. But again, but talk about like something that's very American, that's very hard to do mm-hmm. and to get right, and you kind of did it in this like weird European way. And what happened? Which is funny
1: because some of the most successful dirt bike brands in America are European ones, namely that big orange one. Yeah, it's it's one of the biggest sellers. It's hard to find them. It's to the point where other European dirt bike brands are starting to kind of poke their heads in here. You're starting to see betas and gas gases and the codes and stuff like that.
0: And how many models does KTM have to build to cover the, the American bases <laughs> right. and the European bases? Right. And compare that to the Japanese brands. You know, Japanese brands have like, oh, I can't, I'm not gonna go look at like Honda's website right now, but there's like four or five variations of the CRF 450. There's maybe like two or three of the CRF 250. And then there's like weird stuff like the 300 mm-hmm. and the 150 and the XR 650. And that's kind of it. And that's, that's a Japanese brand a a lot. Like you get into uh, Suzuki and Yamaha. Like there aren't nearly as many. Like we're talking like four or five models tops. Mm-hmm. And then you go to KTM and it's like 37 bikes or whatever it is. It's bonkers.
1: I mean, just looking at Beta at the IMS show, there was fuck, at least 10 bikes there. Just from Beta. Beta's an
0: interesting one. Beta's interesting. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious to see your take on these BMWs because you're you're more in the Harley world than I am.
1: I was. I'm really not anymore. I've forgotten a lot of the the models and It's interesting when I see the Harley group, I I remember it, I I get brought back to it and see how it was. The hardest thing for any of these brands to do is to to conquest a Harley rider. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, then the smartest thing to do is not conquest a Harley rider but someone that might become a Harley rider. If you have a clean slate, someone that says, hey, I'm at the age where I want to get a cruiser Mm. and this is the thing I want to do now, then you should come in and go, hey, there's a viable option here. From a company that's, you should use Harley's line against them because Harley, I'll never forget in that stupid promo video for the Dirt Glide, they're like, we've been making adventure bikes (laughs) since the beginning. (laughs) Well, fuck it. If you're a BMW, you'd be like, yeah, we've been making uh, touring (sighs) bikes since the beginning.
0: This is our thing. (laughs) It's funny you talk about brands like BMW, um, maybe Indian to some extent, some of these other. Well, I mean, think about how much Indian has failed to get to where they're at now. How many times has Indian had to get revived? Well, I would say the modern incarnation of Indians doing a pretty good job. It is. I agree. But, but understand, like you said, like, how hard is it to acquire or, or, or steal a Harley-Davidson buyer? And, that's, and then you're saying like BMW should go after the people that, that aren't Harley-Davidson buyers but could be. Right. And it's funny because like, that's kind of Harley-Davidson's model right now too. Like, they're like, we're not trying to get Harley-Davidson riders on right. the Harley-Davidson. We're <laughs> trying to get like people that... Might be a Harley-Davidson rider on a Harley-Davidson. So it's funny that they're both scrambling for the same consumer.
1: Oh, they are, but Harley's got a bigger foothold in it, so it's easier for people to recognize that bar and shield and know what it is. When you look at a BMW, to the American, to the average, quote-unquote, average American rider, a BMW is like, you know, that adventure bike. Uh, Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. It's a GS. Like, I know a lot of car people that are old-school car people, and if you say Mercedes to them, they still think diesel Mercedes. Great car. I had one phenomenal car but that's still where they're at. So, when they think of BMW, some of, the, some of your riders, some of the people that are not like, you know, hardcore read every magazine and listen to every podcast and read all the, you know, articles about everything.
0: Shame on them. They have
1: shame on them but <laughs> uh, funny enough, they exist. Um, to them, BMW is not a cruiser brand.
0: No, for sure. So, it's, it's, not. Difficult for to, sure it's, not.
1: it's difficult to capture that audience who may in their minds think, you know, big cruiser bagger Equals Harley Davidson and then a little bit Indian and then maybe if you really dig deep you'll find a, a Yamaha Royal Star or whatever they're called now uh, in that mix. <laughs>
0: Royal Star. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Throwing it way back.
2: Um,
0: no, it's interesting.
1: It's Because uh... it's a good looking bike. It, mm-hmm. it I'm going to assume it's going to ride well.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, right? It's It's, it's BMW. You remember you know how it? much that R18 shook?
1: It, right at the cruising part too, like
0: right at like four thousand RPM, 80 miles an hour. That's a thing that definitely needs to be addressed on these bikes. Like, Absolutely, and I'm hoping that new frame and stuff. Do we think it's a it's a balancing issue in the engine? Like, why is it? I th- think it's sh- physics. I think it's like just There's just these two so many yeah these giant <laughs> pieces of metal reciprocating back and forth. Yeah, like but a they do, paint they do that in the, on the.
1: On the GS bikes and uh, on pretty much all the 1250 uh, R lineups, those don't vibrate like that. I mean, I I don't know.
0: Smaller. I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I don't know the exact piston size to like do to do the math. But you you are talking about a displacement that is 50% larger. I just assume the larger engine
1: case would make it more stable.
0: And it's, and it's push rod. <laughs> it's just and there's so, like badgers that live inside of it. <laughs> fucking badgers. It's the problem is the badgers. The, oh my gosh. Like, it's just, yeah, I mean, I, I do think a little bit of that is like the, the Germans, like it's just ge- engineering, quote unquote, character. Like, yeah, back. this is how it's supposed to feel, isn't
1: it? There's, you want to feel the, listen, anyone who hasn't ridden the Harley, go ride a Harley and see how smooth it actually is. Yeah. And an Indian, doubly so, I think. I think Indian makes one of the smoothest baggers out there. If you want to play in that, in that uh, field, you better bring your A game. It looks the part.
0: The thing that's interesting for me, the miss for Indian going after Harley is that perception of quality. I remember the first time I got on a Harley, I was actually really impressed with the fit and finish. Same here. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Maybe that's what the fuss is about.
1: I don't even know if that's... a what it's about but i was blown Uh, away by it just like i mean like
0: like i was coming off a a yamaha r1 right you know not a bad bike in terms of fit and finish but a sport bike it's got plastic and stuff and realizing like oh wow a harley davidson that's that's interesting like the tactile the the gauges the switches like it was interesting to me like fairly quality i don't think that's something indian does as well because that's it's always been polaris's weak spot is is like the cheapness feel right the build quality like just the perception of luxury i don't think is there with indian no i think you can do it with bmw though and, and that's what i was saying. like looking at those dashes like you know what, what a dash snob i am mm-hmm. but i love like someone thought sat there and was like all right turing guy harley davidson guy going down the open road these are the kind of people that like analog gauges oh yeah they want to see an analog speedometer they, they definitely want to see an analog tachometer Analog fuel gauge alternator. Okay, but, like, here's your, like, airplane cockpit of analog gauges. But we also know these people want some technology. We got electronics. We have stability control. We have ABS. Right. We got this other stuff. We got a GPS navigation, infotainment, Spotify, you know, whatever in there. Give them a TFT dash. And, like, that compromise or that melding of those two worlds, I think it was just visually from what I've seen in the photos, looks really smart whereas I, you look at like other brands and it's like get on an Indian FTR 1200 right it's literally kind of a mediocre quality TFT display that then tries to do analog gauges inside of it right. and you're like what the fuck am i yeah. looking at pick uh, pick what you want here yeah
1: um i i really do believe this bike has the looks for what they're trying to do. Hopefully mm-hmm. it rides as well. I, I think the mm-hmm. fit and finish. If if the R18 downstairs is any testament. The fit and finish is going to be fine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, pricing looks good. Mm-hmm. Power and all that looks great. Tons of torque.
0: Lots of torque, yeah.
1: There's torque all day long. But I mean those those Harleys aren't really pushing 100 horses. No, they're yet. not. They're not really. Um, it's all about the torque.
0: All about, it's all about the real world about the riding torque. torque. What I'm
1: interested in is this though. Is the riding position. Because sure. the, the, the Harley and the Indian. You are feet forward on, on floorboards, mm-hmm. this BMW's got that giant engine sticking out right where your shins go mm-hmm. uh, which is a great leg warmer if you want to stick your legs out and put them on there on a cool day to have highway pegs I guess but that's going to be the only thing because a lot of people that are looking at this bike are going to say, uh, I don't know if I want to have this, you know, seating position. You and I both know sitting like that in that standard seating position is better. Yeah. It's, it's, you have better control over the thing than your feet way out in front of you but that perceived notion of what you should look like on a bagger… But I mean, Honda's been doing it with the goal Wing forever.
0: Yeah, it's mid-controls, so it's a little bit forward, but not crazy. Um, yeah, we'll see. You know, I'll be kind of curious to see. I'm not a feet-forward guy. That drives me bonkers, so I'm all about the mid-controls. And maybe that's another one of those things like we're not really trying to get the Harley guy that wants his legs out, right. you know, sprawled with the highway pegs. We're looking for... People, again, like people at Harley's trying to get, where it's like, oh, no, you, you're a reasonable human being. Right. You want, you <laughs> want, you want mid-controls because you're a reasonable human being. Right, you're not <laughs> a lunatic. You, you know how to use a fork and knife. Mid-controls. Yeah. You don't eat your sushi with your fingers. <laughs> you, you also eat your pizza with your silverware. <laughs> Which um, is a little I'm, too much. I am very interested to see about this. I don't know why you're not coming with me. I don't either. We should talk to a guy. Should talk to
2: a guy. When is it? Uh, like three weeks, definitely talk to it. Three weeks, four weeks, one, two, three, four weeks. Uh, yeah, um, the thing
0: you've been waiting for to talk about for the last hour Ducati Street Fighter <laughs> V4. Get your drinks out, folks. SP on the way. Oof,
1: come to daddy. You, everybody knows what a, how much I lust after the V4 Street Fighter. I think it's one of the most awesome, just makes me happy in every way street bikes I've ever ridden in my entire life. I think it's almost perfect if Ducati would just fucking put a fuel gauge on there so I don't have to hear people bitch about it anymore. Please. You guys, it's just not that hard. It's got, it's got, it's got a fuel sensor in there. You've got a TFT dash. Just fucking put a gauge on there. Program that bitch in there. It's literally the only complaint about that bike. I don't have a horse in this fight. Um, <laughs> well, so, I mean, your street Fighters is from like nineteen eighty six,
0: man. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't have a single motorcycle with a, with a, with a fuel gauge. So, like, I just I don't know. I fuel use gauge. A, I use my trip, my yeah. trip meter like a like a regular human being. Yeah. Once it gets to a hundred, I stop and fucking put fuel in this bitch. <laughs> um, I read
1: your article and I agree with a lot of shit you say. So I'm curious to see what you have to stay. Yeah, I
0: think I think this bike. So the rumor it's spotted in in government filings um epa documents uh all we know really is the name and that the engine isn't changing and i don't think we really need to know too much because you'd look at the v before and the Panagali v4 sp right and you look at the Ducati. it's like it's like one of those like like state assessment test test uh-huh. for your logic like Panigale V4 is to Panigale V4 SP as Street Fighter V4 is to what? And you're like... <laughs> Go on. So, I think we can expect carbon wheels, yep. carbon fiber bits here and there, yep. dry clutch, yep. uh, brake upgrade uh, with the Brembo. Yeah, like uh, rear sets that are adjustable. Some, yeah, some metal bits, some some basic stuff. The price delta between the Panigale V4S and the Panigale V4SP is eighty three hundred dollars. Right. So just going off that math, we could be looking at like a thirty two thousand dollar SP, which isn't that far fetched. I don't think it is. I built
1: basically a quote unquote SP at the shop, and that thing sold for thirty five dollars So, do I think there's going to be a line of people waiting to buy this thing? Yes. Because the Panigale V4 SP is sold the fuck, well, it's not, it's a numbered bike, it's not limited, it's a numbered bike, but... You mean it has a VIN? Or, or yeah, huh? <laughs> with some numbers on it. Um, but basically, as, as like at my dealership, we've sold our allotment until 2022. Yeah. So I think the same is going to happen with this thing, even with a $33,000 price tag on it. But I believe... Everything you say is correct because if they're going to do the same thing, because the Panigale V4 SP is essentially a Panigale V4 S with upgraded wheels, slightly upgraded braking system, uh, rear sets that are adjustable,
0: and lots of carbon and, and, and the, uh,
1: the paint scheme, and the, well, the paint scheme and the dry clutch. Yeah, the dry clutch. So you take those that same exact formula, throw it at the V4 you better make double the amount of what you thought you were going to make because that bike appeals to a, a, a genre of rider named Shaheen Alvandi who is six feet tall, weighs 240 pounds and it fits more comfortably than that upright bike than on the v, uh, Panigale mm-hmm. and is going to ride it more often daily than that Panigale.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, even at 33 grand, I, I would bet you money that they would sell these things out in a heartbeat.
2: Yeah, I don't disagree with you there.
0: It's, it's a lot. It's a lot of money for the bike. But oh, God, Ducati yeah. has shown they have that buyer. Right. Um. That's one of the things that they've done very well in cultivating is a buyer that's like not going to bat too much of an eye at a $30,000 bike, especially if it's numbered and like, what, you're going to sell like 500, 500 of them worldwide? Yeah, hey, Ducati can do that. Totally. They're going to sell that many in like Dubai. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, like, like I'm not making a joke. Like I bet... I bet a good chunk of these end up in the Middle East and China. Probably. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, those are cultures that tend to want to
1: show that they've made it, and what better way than showing it by a marquee that is essentially saying, I've made it. Yeah, just Mercedes, from like Mercedes, BMW, a, Ducati, Lamborghini, whatever, any of those.
0: Population percentage equation, which mm-hmm. is like, hey, there's, there's just enough rich people there. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I'm, 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 enticed. I'm excited. I still want to see a smaller displacement version. That's, Uh that's closer, sub twenty grand. I, I would
1: again. This is no one said it's going to happen, but there's no reason for them not to do a a Street Fighter V two. Do you do it with that nine five nine engine? Oh yeah, they would. You like Uh, that? uh, Even if I'm saying like, like, like
0: like, like, you use a Ducatis. Like I say to you, like Shaheen, we're gonna take a. That 959 motor, we're going to make a street fighter out of it. Right. It how, would sell. How erect is your, your phallus right now?
1: Eight out of ten. Okay. Interesting. Fairly erect. It'll do the job. I think, again, with that bike, it needs to be priced smart. So, it needs to be a fifteen dollars to $16,000 yes. motorcycle, right? Yes. It can and be. It a, can
0: be because it's the twin instead of the four.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, and I think they can make that bike, you know, without the wings and all that. Just make it a more neat and tidy street fighter. Um, that would appeal to someone that says, yeah, I want to have a, you know, a bike that makes 150 something horsepower instead of 205 horsepower and bust.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's pretty close to in line to what the original Street Fighter was. Right? 155 at the wheat or at the crank. Yep. Uh, about, I mean, it was a 1098 displacement versus in like nine, was it 937 like or something, something like
1: that? Like that. 9 the 937 57? is the 950 957, I think. 950, something like that. Anyways. Um. I think I think that bike is not that far from reality. If, if if I was in the boardrooms in Bologna, I would be definitely pitching the shit out of that bike. Pitching a tent? Pitching a tent. Because I mean, you and I both know that I mean, super bikes, at least in the super expensive Italian-European realm is still a thing. They're, mm-hmm. they're highly desired and they sell really well, but eight out of ten times riders want something they can ride every day and the Panigale is just not as comfortable. It's never been. A super bike from Ducati has never been something you buy for comfort to ride every day. It's just the thing that you either show off or you actually do real honest to got track days and that's really its job. Whereas the Street yeah. Fighter, you can bop around town all day long. Even this Fire Breather 205 horsepower bike is easy to ride around every day. It's super easy. It's very, very approachable. So if you make a twin version of it that costs you know, 8,500 bucks less sign me up man. That would be a cool bike. I'd be into it.
2: I would too. All right, that'd be a good Good
0: bike in the space.
1: I still want like a Street Fighter GT. Slightly larger subframe, some Mm -hmm. bag options, maybe a little bit bigger screen. I mean, I'm talking what the is doing with the Twona quote unquote base model. Like make it where it's like you know, you could do like light duty touring on that thing
0: but still do a bitchin' fourth gear power wheelie. Just, I mean, I kind of see why they don't because like in my mind I want something to compete against the Super Duke GT, right? I think if you go and look at sales for Super Duke GT, that's pretty they're, soft. They're, they're, yeah, it's pretty yeah, soft. Like, so like, oh yeah, we're not gonna. Yeah, they sell way more like Super Duke
1: or what is it, the Duke R? Yeah, and then the twelve ninety adventures.
0: But also, my my rebuttal, my rebuttal to that would be that fucking bike is one of the ugliest fucking bikes I've ever seen come out of <laughs> the ug- said come, to come out of the ugly bike factory. <laughs> You know, it's like, that's like, that's their opus of like, like we had a dare in the design team on, on the ugliest bike we can make and this was it. <laughs> and then also understand like KTM doesn't do a great job of selling its 1290s in the United States. Talk about, talk about a company that is European that isn't able to understand America. I wonder why. Cause it's like that
1: bike, bike has, that bike has the 1290 S and R adventure. Hits so many marks, like it, it checks off a lot of desires that people want in that segment, and is priced probably better than everybody else in that European segment.
0: But they're extremely European, super European. A Super Duke GT is an extremely European. That is a European tourer. When people say touring in Europe, mm-hmm. they think Super Duke GT. Yep, and that's just not a thing here.
2: No. It's not.
0: And the adventure thing I don't know, honestly I don't know how KTM's fucking up the adventure thing here to be honest. Just, I, don't, I don't understand it. Especially when you see how strong BMW is mm-hmm. and how strong the Multistrada V4 has been and when you look at bikes like the Tenere 700 but then I look at it I'm like, well, well they're kind of hitting it out of the park with the 890 and 790 adventures but
2: yeah, I don't know. Do you
0: think it's because of its looks? Because I've I think I've there's sh- a little bit of that. I, I mean, they're polarizing.
1: I've always said that about the KTM motorcycles. They're polarizing, but like the the 1290R Duke, whatever, I can't, I can't remember the exact name of that bike. The little naked fire breather that KTM they KTM
0: 1290 Super Duke R. Thank you. That one, <laughs> I actually
1: think looks good. I actually think that bike looks good with its design language. It's very unique. It's super unique, yeah. but, but because it's such a, just this like, just looks like, a fighter. It just looks like it wants to rip someone's head off, but that look works for that for that bike. The GT, I agree, is it's just it's just not a good looking bike.
0: There's
1: it's a no, great and, bike to and when ride. You, yeah, when you because ride, you don't it, have to look at nope, it. Nope, and it rides so well. It is like ten out of ten awesome riding motorcycle. And then the S and the R adventures, those the 19 inch and 21 inch wheel version one, they they are super unique and super weird looking to the point where I think you either love them or you just don't.
0: That's fair. And, and I, I think KTM's made enough missteps with those bikes. Like they were a little too dirt bikey right. in their just fit and finish and their and their features and stuff where it's like they kind of missed the mark where like no, you're kind of going after BMW type people. Yeah. You're kind of like, they kind of have a little bit more of an expectation on how things are going to work and, and 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 fit together. And it's the same thing with like Ducati multi shotted buyers. Like it's just like Yeah, we're not going to deal with some of the cheapness that is maybe built into the bike. No, if it's a premium, it's interesting, right? Because if it's European,
1: then it's considered a premium brand. Right. And so, and I don't think KTM's ever been that company. They make dirt bikes, right? They make things with plastic pieces on them that are designed to hit the ground and like, you know, bounce back up and do the thing again.
0: That's a very interesting point.
1: Um. But to us, as soon as you say, oh, it's European, oh, fuck, it's premium. It better, it better do the thing.
0: And I think the dealer, the dealer side of it, where it's like most of your dealers are dirt yeah. bike dealers. Right. There's some stuff there. It's there's defi-
1: I mean, we've talked about that. When you go into a, a typical KTM dealership, the, the 80% of them, you're just kind of like lost in a sea of other things. And it doesn't really have the... It's like going to buy a Land Rover, but showing up to a sh- you know, used Chevy lot.
0: It's... Um Imagine you're a KTM dealer and KTM says to you, you have to have one of each of our bikes. Right. Well, they make like 37 dirt bikes <laughs> and they make maybe six or seven road bikes. So right. like, what is your dealership going to look like in that situation? Yeah. Like you're by default a dirt bike dealership. Right. That's interesting.
1: Unless you can be some, I've actually never been in an exclusive KTM dealership. Really?
0: Yeah. You never went to CC here in town? No. Have you been to a uh, Gray Area KTM near um, Springfield? I have not. You should. Really? Okay. Paxton.
1: Go, Paxton's go see boy, a super cool guy.
0: Go see our boy Paxton. Okay. See the crazy shit he's building. I'm
1: super curious to, to yeah. check that out because I've, I've never been to an exclusive KTM dealership that I think could probably do a better job of representing that lineup.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: then that's your bread and butter. That's all you're doing, right? It's like me at my shop. All I do is just that one red brand.
0: Next time we go get some In-N-Out burgers, we'll go. We'll go that's, down to. We'll go down to Paxton.
1: Okay, I'm into it. Yeah. We'll do an Africa Twin Multistrata in an outrun.
0: Ooh. And then like bring back a bunch of them because we got all those panniers. Oh yeah. Talk box full of double doubles. Yeah. T-Man oh, does so not stand now. for you not so bringing i so
1: hungry. Why do we do this to ourselves? Goodness. I'm going to bring another eight pound burrito next time I come here. We used to do that, remember? And then we would just sit here and be lazy. <laughs> There's got to be a happy medium. I think we're done. I think we're done. Do you have anything exciting to announce? Anything... You got surgery coming up.
0: Surgery coming up next week.
1: We already talked about that.
0: Yep. Finally, my shoulder's killing me.
1: Photo Kitty's butt's shaved.
0: Not shaved, trimmed.
1: Not trimmed. Trimmed. Yeah. Built
0: for speed. Butt trimming. Uh, That's about it. That's all I got.
1: Okay. Well, as usual, follow us on uh, at Braptalk on Instagram, at WeBrapTalk on Twitter. Email us, uh, WeBrapTalk at gmail.com.
0: Um... Thank you to everyone that uh, left a review and rating on yes, Apple Podcasts. I much. saw a couple of those. Do you have have pro signups that you want to? Not today. No. Not the heck? Not the come heck. on, y'all. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Sorry. Right. Um, right. Sorry. Just a weekly podcast. Sorry.
1: Right. I'm going to go see the movie F9 probably because I have, I don't know, propensity for pain. I've seen all the other movies.
0: I have too. And they're I fun. need to see this one because they're I hear fun. there's
1: a Fiero in space and I gotta see that.
0: They're fun. There's it's, that. They're losing grip on reality, but they're fun. I mean, yeah. It's a little bit... It doesn't take itself seriously, which
1: is what I appreciate really, to be honest. Uh, anyways, yeah. and, and uh, I
2: don't know. Make good choices. Safety third. Fuck out of here. Good talk. See you out there. Let's, see what, let's go eat. Oh, burgers. Mm. you got one good one let's do one good one all right let's see here let me go to my the email the email what what
1: the email everybody knows that reference
0: Is that the strong bad? it is nice (laughs) Nice. you did a pretty good impersonation because like i didn't i did not really remember that that dialogue (laughs) but that voice i was like that's that's a strong bad voice